In this special episode of The Interface, I speak with Adam Norwood, Amphenol's President and CEO, and Dave Silverman, Amphenol's Senior Vice President and Director of HR, as we discuss the current state of the company as it fights the COVID-19 pandemic and our goal of getting a COVID-19 vaccination for every single person at Amphenol. We talk about the amazing scientific achievements that produced effective vaccines so quickly. We talk about the importance of our general managers in leading the local efforts at our locations around the world. We talk about addressing hesitancy with getting the vaccine, as well as the emphasis on mental health concerns. And we talk about protecting our families and being ambassadors for the community. This is The Interface. Adam, Dave, first of all, thank you very much for agreeing to do this today. I know it's a very special uh, episode of The Interface where we get to to speak to people. And maybe this episode, you know, unless you want to, we'll skip the Desert Island albums and music and movies and just stick to some a specific topic here today, uh, Adam, which is talking about the COVID-19 vaccines within uh, the Amphenol Corporation. And first, I just wanted to start off by asking you, you know, your thoughts about the science of the vaccine in general and just, you know, the incredible progress the scientific community has made in getting this vaccine ready for the general public. Well, Chris, first and foremost, it's great to see you. And this is a unique podcast because we are sitting on Zoom together and I am in a room with another human being, <laughs> um, Dave Silverman. Dave, good to have you here. Nice here. Um, and and it, that is a rare thing. I mean, Dave and I, I tell you, back in the sort of pre-COVID days, we probably used to spend an hour or two in the same room together every day of the week that right. I wasn't or he wasn't traveling. And I can tell you, Dave, I have missed that like heck. And it's very special. We actually had lunch together twice this week which is uh, two more times than we had done in the prior year and uh, yeah. not as much as we would have had in, in the prior month in, <laughs> in, the, in the time before. So it's just a real pleasure. And Chris, thanks so much for, for once again hosting us. And I, I, I hope, Chris, you and your family are also continuing to do well, including your, your daughter who works on the front lines here of COVID. Is everybody doing well? Yes, they are. Thank you for asking. Yes. Including that little one somewhere, right? Yeah, two little ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you will have that one day. These grandkids, they are they are something special, which I don't have yet, and you don't have yet. I've got to it. Chris has told me that it's actually pretty good. So you oh, know, you, your 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 14-year-old or 12-year-old one day, you know, you can you can look forward to it. Um, no, look, Chris, you, you you talked about the the science, and I I am anything but a scientist. Um, this this pandemic has made all of us armchair epidemiologists and armchair uh, uh, pharmacologists. I think Dave can probably speak much more intelligently than I can about the science behind this. I mean, you all see his frontline messages, which are just in many ways a, 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 a master course on not just the science and the practicality of the pandemic, but but the emotional torture of the pandemic that we all go through and the, the stresses that, that all strike. And I think, I, I, I'm sure I speak for everybody, that when, when I get that Wednesday night email from Dave, it, it always puts my mind so much at ease, drives curiosity and all of that. And, and so I think Dave is going to talk a little bit about the science. But, but I want to reflect on one thing. Mm -hmm. and, and that is that 
this is a true miracle that we are here today, the three of us, talking about the fact that there is a vaccine for a virus that did not exist 18 months ago. Right, right. It is, and I don't want to, you know, I'm a guy who's prone to hyperbole, as you know, and (laughs) once in a while I will get accused of puffery here and there. Um, By the way, Amphenol is the greatest company in the universe, (laughs) and Amphenolians are the greatest people in the universe, and that's not hyperbole. But the fact is, is this thing is a miracle. It is a miracle that science was ready and that scientists were capable of developing something that is, number one, safe, and it is extraordinarily safe. Dave's going to talk about that. And it works. And it worked, like, right away. I mean, two weeks after the scientists at at the company Moderna and soon thereafter – the company BioNTech in Germany who worked with Pfizer, they, they had sh- two weeks after they got this thing sequenced, they had shots in arms and the people were immune to COVID and they didn't get sick. I mean, it, it, it is, Dave, in my lifetime, which is you know, slightly longer than yours, short of the landing on the moon, which happened one month after I was born. And, <laughs> and you know, as a side note, Chris, My mom took me as a one-month-old, so she tells me. I don't perfectly recollect this. But she took me and sat me up as a baby who couldn't even sit up to watch Neil Armstrong take that first step on the moon. And this miracle is just as impactful. Right. It's just as extraordinary. I mean, Kennedy said, by the end of this decade, we will put a man on the moon. And it was in July of 69, fortunately 30 days after I was born, that it happened. And in less than 30 days from when that virus was was sequenced, we were putting needles into people's arms and curing and preventing. It, it, it is truly extraordinary, Dave, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, and, and now, you know, Dave, you, you can tell us more, but my understanding is the science on this is irrefutable. Yeah, the mRNA vaccines are really amazing. I mean, there were there were these two primary companies that you mentioned before, uh, Moderna and BioNTech, that had been developing these types of vaccines for a long time and working towards commercializing a number of different vaccines. And they immediately mobilized when COVID came along, and they took this new technology and applied it to to the COVID vaccine and were extraordinarily successful. It was the kind of confluence of more than a decade of their work and a virus that was uh, very, you know, kind of easily prevented with this type of vaccine. mRNA vaccines, unlike the the prior vaccines that used to kind of put deactivated pieces of virus in your body, it simply puts an instruction into your body that allows your body to create just the harmless spike protein that we've all read about on the coronavirus, and then allows your body to have an immune response to that. And the instruction that's put into your body is processed by your body and it's gone shortly after it goes in, but the antibodies stay. And it's shown to be uh, an extraordinarily uh, successful type of vaccine and much easier to develop, um, much easier to scale up. You don't have to use eggs and and mm-hmm. some of the other uh, you know processes that were used in vaccines in the past. We're not putting inactivated virus in your body. It's It's better, safer, easier to manufacture, um, and really just an unbelievable bit of technology. And, you know, this is going to be the first widely commercially available mRNA vaccine, but there's a 
there's a whole host that are waiting right behind this. They're going to solve some serious viruses that have that they've wanted to prevent in the populations for a long time. So it's a truly a remarkable time in scientific history. And it's not, and I think, Dave, it's not just the mRNA vaccines, but then there's all these adenovirus vaccines right. that have been developed in China, in, in Russia, in right. India, by J&J, by, yep. by AstraZeneca. I mean, those also are kind of a miracle, aren't they? They are, absolutely, and they're shown to be very effective as well. I mean, to varying degrees, but uh, I mean, the fact that they were able to, again, get these developed, show their efficacy, um, put them through rigorous clinical trials in such a period, short period of time, it's just really amazing. And the, the mobilization of the public health apparatus around the world to get these shots in arms has also been quite amazing. Yeah. I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, I, I, look, I was just going to, to say, Chris, you know, th this this kind of miracle, as I term it, and I don't use that term here lightly, in many ways, I relate it to, to Amphenol. And, you know, I talk about, for my whole tenure as CEO and even before that, and by the way, I'm you know, this is somehow my 13th year in this, to have the privilege of doing this job. And I always talk about how our job is enabling the electronics revolution. Mm -hmm. And how we've been on the front lines of so many extraordinary innovations o over my career and certainly over the 88-year history of the company. I mean, the company started with the advent of radio and television. We, we helped to put that man on the moon. We, we helped airplanes to fly and jets to, to operate. You know, we helped create the Internet. We helped create mobility and, 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 and the devices that we all rely on. We, we wouldn't be having the Zoom call right now. Right. If it weren't for Amphenol interconnect products that are that are just coursing through the veins of the internet, and 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 by the way, we're helping to make vaccines mm -hmm. with our sensor operations. We're helping to 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 protect and and to protect the integrity of the temperature of, of the of the of the cold chain that's used in that. So, like when, when I think about a miracle of technology and of science, I, I just immediately come back to like, hey, that that's kind of what Amphenol's been all about. We've been part of that, and and it it just makes me feel really really good about you know the kind of world that we're in. in in a time where the world's not always so great. Like there's a lot of stuff going on around us, and and I, I just think this miracle is is something that is truly to behold. And I and I think speaking of amphenol, and now that these vaccine vaccines are are readily available, again we can get into how available they are in, in various locations around the world. But just the fact that, that this vaccine is out there within a year of this uh, pandemic affecting all of us around the world, what can you say as far as our goal as a company for as to the vaccination efforts for our company and why it's so important to us? Well, well look, and Dave can speak also more intelligently than I about this, but you know, we've thought long and hard about this, Chris, because... You know, you hear a lot of people talking about herd immunity and those kind of things. But at Amphenol, you know that we always hold ourselves to the highest of standards. We're a company who strives not to perform at the average and not, not to just sort of be good enough, but rather to perform at the highest of levels to to go far beyond our competition, to, to delight our customers, to, to, to create value for all of our stakeholders, shareholders, employees, communities that we operate in, and all of that. 
at a level just far beyond what anybody else can do. And, and you know, as Dave and I thought about, you know, what, how should we think about vaccinations, it was actually very obvious to us. Our goal should be nothing less than 100%, that, that mm-hmm. we should have all of our employees. And it's up to us as leaders of this company to enable that. But our goal is simple. We want to get 100% of our people vaccinated. Um, that that will allow our company to go back to kind of normal, quote unquote. Right, right. Um, but, but that, I think, Dave, is, is our clear goal. Yeah, I just for some context, there's still a lot of disruption in our business. I mean, we have a number of sites that are in harder hit places where we've had hundreds of people on a given day that have been absent due to either directly having COVID or being quarantined because they were a close contact. Uh, I mean, just uh, two weeks ago, my son's teacher was COVID positive, so I had to stay home for a week. Uh, earlier this week, one of our cleaning staff at headquarters was was COVID positive, and thankfully we didn't have any close contacts, but we may very well could have. And it just goes to show, even though I was vaccinated and every person that was around this person was vaccinated, that one individual wasn't and they brought it in. And that has the potential for not only making a good number of people sick, but also it trickles down into lots of uh, inefficiencies in our business and lots of potential to get people even further down the chain sick. I mean, if I had had a close contact with her, I wasn't vaccinated, I would have brought it home, then both of my kids would have had to be quarantined, potentially their classes if they had, you know, become positive and so and so on and so forth. And I mean, that's how this thing spreads in such an insidious way. So closing every avenue for this getting into our populations is clearly as an employer who cares about the health and safety of their people, what our goal should be. And and Dave, I think I hark back to day one of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what is day one was January 23rd a year ago. That's when Dave and I sat down and we said, wow, something's going on in China. You know, they just announced that Wuhan was closed. We were just told that all of our factories in China have to close. That's kind of a big deal. And I don't, I couldn't have spelled coronavirus and the word COVID didn't exist yet. At <laughs> right. the time. Right. And, and we made then the decision, not that we have to balance a bunch of different things, but that our top priority in the company is the health and safety of our people. Mm-hmm. We're in a pandemic. It's the first time in the company's history. You know, we were founded in 1932, so we, we missed the Spanish flu. Um, and, and as stewards of that company and ultimately protectors of those individuals around the company, we decided very clearly that our top priority, no matter what, was the protection of our people. And, and I think the measures that Dave has led together with the leadership team of the company, our HR people, the frontline team that you're a part of as well, Chris, but the general managers and their teams in every country around the world is extraordinary. And while we have had Amphenolians in, in certain communities who have, who have been stricken by the virus because it's been running rabbit through some of the places where we work, I think the effects of what we have done to take that priority and to, to execute on that by doing everything humanly possible to protect our people has saved countless lives and protected countless families from what is 
and I hate to be somber about this, but every time someone dies in a pandemic or any other time, mm -hmm. you are shattering not just a life, but a family, mm -hmm. a community. And I still remember when the very first person in Amphenol succumbed to this virus, a gentleman uh, in Danbury, Connecticut, just not far from here, 45 miles to the west of us, and, and hearing about the, the, the just tragedy of his, his wife and his three teenage children being left without a parent at a time when nobody anticipated that. And it, it was just, just like a snap, and he was gone. And, and I think that responsibility that, that Dave has served so well is not just to the 80,000 employees, or now I think Dave, it's 84, 85,000 with our new acquisitions, it's to the families of those people, the communities of those people who depend upon them for their love, for their support, for their companionship. We feel an onus of responsibility to protect those people far beyond the walls of our facilities. I don't know, Dave, if, how you would comment. No, I, I would agree. And you know, during the entire course of the pandemic, I would say Amphenol has gone above and beyond and incurred you know, just massive costs and efficiencies in making sure that our people are safe. We've given people extraordinary flexibility when, when we can. We've you know, helped families, countless families, communities with donations and so forth. And I think in return, you know, now that we have an actual finite solution in many ways to this virus, which is a shot in, in the arm, we would expect that everybody now do their part and try to get that shot as soon as they can so that they can keep not only themselves and their families safe, but my family and my kids who can't yet be vaccinated and, and all of the other colleagues in, in our various facilities that, you know, may not, may have other people that they need to protect or may have health conditions themselves. I mean, the, the vaccines are not perfect. So even though we, have, who have been vaccinated, myself being one of them, we have a high level of protection. I mean, it's not infallible. There are options, there are scenarios where I could still get it and possibly pass it along. It's, it's really once you get this very large bubble of protection, that you're safe, which is really critical for people to know. So me getting vaccinated is not just for me. It's also to keep Know, Adam safe and Lily, who I work closely with, and Lacey and all of the other people that I see in the office. Right. So it, it, it really then broadens out from there. And Adam, you talked about it a little bit earlier about uh, the general managers and at the, the various facilities and the businesses that they run. And Amphenol being Amphenol and a decentralized entrepreneurial company, the general managers are really the quarterbacks at these at these facilities, I guess, for 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 a you know, just to use an analogy that a sports analogy for that matter, they're so important. He or she is so important to uh, imparting that message of how important this effort is to their people because it's something that's very personal. But uh, he or she may have more influence to help the effort more than anyone else if we're to get to that 100% goal, which is ambitious. But it's the right goal. But could you talk a little bit about the importance of the general manager in this effort? Well, for sure. I mean, you, you hit on it, Chris. At the end of the day in Amphenol, you know, Dave and I sit here at headquarters. And, you know, we I, I count the beans. I do some ops reviews. I talk to the outside world. But the real action in Amphenol, 
the, the nexus of what makes this company special is those 125 general managers around the world, men and women who have full authority to run their respective businesses, who, who do everything in the context of what makes their individual business successful in their market. Uh, with, with their set of product technologies in, in their region where, where they operate. And because they're able to tailor every aspect of that business, they're really strong and, and they beat their competitors day in and day out. And that's the magic of Amphenol. That's what we talk about, Amphenolian entrepreneurship. It, it, it is embodied in those general managers. And look, just like Dave didn't sign up to be head of HR of a company during a pandemic, <laughs> yeah. our general managers also did not sign up to be general manager in a pandemic where your responsibility used to be to lead people, to mentor people, to make decisions about customers and products and technologies and operations that, that are often very tough decisions. But it was never, and you sit on the front lines of a public health crisis, and you have the responsibility, the real burden of protection of people in a pandemic. That was not what they signed up for. It was not what Dave signed up for as head of HR of Amphenol. Yet, just like Dave rose to the occasion, so have every one of our general managers around the world. I, I think about the people in every country. I talked this morning to Robert John. Uh, Robert, as you know, is the general manager of Amphenol India, based in Pune and Bangalore. He's been with Amphenol now for know, more than two decades. Uh, actually, Dave and my last trip, our last uh, trip overseas was to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Amphenol being in India. And Robert presided over a fabulous and, and crowded room at the time uh, in early February last year, when already, you know, you, you knew something was going on in the world with this, with this pandemic. And, but we made the decision to go and that ended up to be the last time I've taken a, an airplane over, over an ocean. Um, but I talked to Robert this morning because India is in a very, very difficult situation, Dave, with COVID. Correct. I mean, it, it is, they are having a wave of infections that has not been seen yet in the world. I think, how many cases just yesterday reported? Like 300? Over, over 300,000, I think. It's nationwide yeah. in India. Yeah, over 300,000. That they know of. It's probably off by a factor of two or three. Right, it could be a million a day. And deaths are rising, hospitals are overcrowded. And, and we've been seeing this in our population in India, the, the real ramp up of cases over the last three weeks. And, and I think this morning we learned of a 39-year-old gentleman who works in our tool, in our machine, in our machining factory in Pune. He's with the company now for 14 years. He has three children, two sons and a daughter. And he passed away last night because of COVID. He had some pre-existing condition, but this poor gentleman succumbed to having got COVID where his whole family effectively caught COVID and he was hospitalized and put on a ventilator and then he had a cardiac arrest. And I spoke- The second pass away in a week. The second in a week in India. And I spoke to Robert this morning and when I, hear both the the sadness but the strength that's an amphenol general manager i mean rising to the occasion where his job has become how do i keep 
my people from facing that demise that this tragedy of this morning with this gentleman uh, was. How do I keep my thousands of employees, and Robert has several thousand of them, how do I protect them? That, that is a responsibility that is a really significant responsibility. And, and I think the general managers around the world face that now every day. Right. And so when it comes to vaccinations, which is the solution to that, who can be a better leader of that, Dave, than our GMs? And our GMs, our GMs are unique in many ways because they also know their people so well. And they have a tremendous amount of influence over the communities in which they preside. And, and there's really nobody better than someone that is so well known in an organization and, and has been a known and trusted leader for a long time to try and influence their people to make the right decision and to try to convince the people that may be on the fence and help sign up the people that don't know how to do it or bring clinics in to the sites where we're able to do so to make sure that we're getting all of our people vaccinated to keep everybody ultimately safe and make sure that we can continue to operate the wonderful businesses that we have. And, and support the families and the communities by, do, by operating those businesses. Absolutely. And the number of people who rely on us for their livelihoods is, is, just, is just unbelievable. So I, I, look, for those general managers who may be listening here, you have always, each and every one of you, shouldered the responsibilities of your job so well. And this is a new responsibility. But just as you have before, demonstrating through your leadership, leading by example, also being empathetic. You know, and I know, you know, Chris, we may want to talk about that in a moment here. There are people who are reluctant to, to be vaccinated. And, and I get it. And we get it. And I am sympathetic to that. But I think there is a way to address that. And we can have, we can help people uh, and, and we can help to enable, to make it easier, to make it understandable, to, to allay the concerns that, that can be valid concerns that people have. I, I, I totally get th- those concerns, but we have done a lot of work inside the company to make sure that we have a deep understanding, Dave, deeper than any, that it's a safe vaccine and it works and it's the only solution. And, and I think general managers around the world, they're the ones on the front line to whom their people look for guidance, for leadership. Yeah, I would agree. And, and look, I, I mean, we've had obviously a, a good number of people that have passed away, 23, unfortunately, since the beginning of this pandemic. But we've also had a massive number of people that have had COVID. And... You know, it's not so clearly reflected always in the numbers. It's just the fact that a lot of those people have had a long, a, a long and tough battle with COVID and that the symptoms don't always go away and there can be some damage that can be somewhat lasting. And I was talking with someone that has been feeling the ill effects of COVID now for quite a long time. And this person initially was pretty reluctant to kind of acknowledge that COVID was a serious illness and they, you know, weren't reluctant to get vaccinated, but they, they thought that, you know, it was generally not as big a deal 
as the media had portrayed it as being. And now that they've had it for a while and have unfortunately had not the easiest case with it, they, they said to me, look, you know, if I had the choice now to get the vaccine earlier, it's comparing, you know, facing an ant versus facing a lion. And mm -hmm. COVID is the lion because this thing is absolutely no joke. And, you know, any fear I had before I had this thing of having the vaccine pales in comparison to my experience with COVID. So, I mean, for me, it's always been a bit of a no-brainer just because I've seen so much of this and heard from so many people who have been going through it and having a difficult time with it. And, of course, the, the people that ultimately lost the battle. Um, and, you know, it, it's always been an obvious choice that I would like to avoid this thing because I've seen firsthand the ill effects of it. But for many other people that are much more detached from it, I can understand why it's not as, uh, may not be as urgent, but I can only tell you it's uh, that the potential illness that comes from the vaccine, which is next to nothing, pales in comparison to the potential illness from COVID. And that's been echoed by me, by the media, by right. many doctors that I've spoken to. And we had this wonderful webinar that you were obviously part of, Chris, right. where uh, the doctors of Hartford Healthcare at that time in Connecticut, they had given uh, roughly a quarter million shots. And they had not a single person hospitalized after getting a COVID vaccine. And meanwhile, at the same time, they were losing you know, about five people a day to COVID. Um, so easy trade-off in their minds. Very Given all of this and, and the influence that uh, not only GMs have, but you have, Adam, Dave, uh, the frontline team, everyone else, what would you, if someone approached you and was hesitant about getting the vaccine, what would you say to that person? Well, look, first and foremost, I want to welcome anybody to give me a call, to give Dave a call, to speak with their leadership, to talk to any member of the frontline team. Our door is open on this. Number one, and you know, we want to publish my cell phone number. Have at it. I mean, I, I am. It's to me one of the most important tasks that Dave and I and our leadership team have is to address those concerns, which, as I said, are legitimate concerns, which we totally understand. But I would just say this: we're in a pandemic for the first time in our lifetimes. It has upended so many aspects of our lives. It has caused countless tragic deaths, including 23 people in our company who have passed away. It has upended millions of families around the world. Three million is in fact the number around the world of people who have passed away, which means that's like 60 million people whose families have just been destroyed uh, overnight by this. And we have this thing that is a half a milliliter of perfectly safe liquid injected into your deltoid muscle that fixes the problem. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that that's scary for a lot of people. And I, and I don't even want to address the rumors and various, I don't want to talk about politics here. I just recognize that that's scary for some people. But which is scarier? The continuation of this pandemic that has upended so much or that half a milliliter of liquid put into your deltoid twice in three or four weeks. I believe that we all have the opportunity here, a unique opportunity to come out of this pandemic 
stronger, smarter, happier than we were before we came into it. But the only way out is through this. There's not a, a third way, a second way. It's, it's only going to be resolved by this miraculous thing called a vaccine. And so as, as you think about that, for those who are hesitant, you have to put that in that context. And yes, get to know the science, which Dave has talked already so eloquently about. Yes, you have to develop you know, your own personal trust. But at the end of the day, it's the answer. It's the exit. It's the off-ramp to this thing. And this thing has not been great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think, Dave, you said it best. Like, you see this every day. You get every day the report. How many of our people have been infected? You listen every day to the governor of Connecticut's press conference. You watch every day the, the tracking on a global basis of what's happening. It ain't great. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, 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 I, I probably more than most look forward to one day not thinking about, not waking up and reading the bad things that have happened to people at our company from the prior night in Asia or reading the news about what places are starting to kind of blow up from a COVID standpoint. Uh, I 100% agree. But, but we have this thing that can get us out of it. And, and again, I think we're going to come out of this so much stronger. We're, we're, we're going to be a, a human race that, that will be stronger, happier, more sensitive to existential things like the environment. I mean, if, if anything wakes you up to kind of existential future crises, it's a pandemic. Yeah. And, and I, I think we may one day even look back on this as a gift. Like, boy, thank goodness we woke up to how important it is to care about our fellow humans in this time. And we have the ability to do it. And and look, it's up to us to enable people, to educate people, to, to, to allow them to come to terms with how important it is. But at the end of the day, I think our goal of, of getting 100% of our people vaccinated, it's a recognition of the importance to our people, to our communities, and ultimately to the world at large, that we have a way out of this pandemic. You know, the three, sorry, go ahead. I would also just add that, you know, Adam obviously said if you're reluctant to to get the vaccine, to give him a call, he's happy to talk about it, as am I. I would also like to just say, there are obviously some people out there that can't get this vaccine due to health reasons or religious reasons. and those people we do not consider as part of this 100% goal. So, you know, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this that's anxious that they would be in some in some way worse off because they legitimately can't receive the vaccine, that's obviously something we're not targeting. And we want to protect them. Correct. And I mean, they will have greater protection. We want to protect them. them to make sure that the virus is not present in their communities because right. that's very important. That's a really good yeah. point. The other issue we're having, too, is that the three of us are, are based in the United States. Um, fortunately for us, access to the vaccine as of you know April 22nd, 2021, is, is fairly easy. But that's not the case in a lot of the countries where we have you know, manufacturing locations, sales operations, you name it. Can you talk a little bit about the, the struggles and the challenges associated 
with that, uh, you know, as we try to do, you know, again, get them 100% vaccinated as well. Yeah, the time frame of when we can vaccinate all of our people, it, it varies tremendously. Um, obviously, Israel, as most people read, was was really at the front of this this uh, vaccination efforts globally, and they've done a phenomenal job. I mean, of of our folks in Israel, probably all but maybe five at this point have been vaccinated, and in those five, there's a couple that can't be, and a couple that we're kind of working on. Um, in the U.S., we're making really good progress and headway. Um, in China, we've we've begun the process, and as most things go in China, once they start putting their mind to a task, it it, it materializes very quickly. And Ewen has been doing a wonderful job of of tracking the progress that we've been making in recent weeks in China. But uh, many parts of the world, such as Europe, it, it's really uh, still a bit of slow going, and we recognize that uh, it's not going to be a goal that we achieve all at once at the same time. It's going to take some time in some parts of the, the world. And, you know, it's it's critical just to not let your guard down until the vaccines are available in your area. And uh, that's something that takes a tremendous amount of fortitude and a tremendous amount of leadership from our general managers to to keep people safe while, while we're still waiting in different locations. And I think, you know, we want our employees as part of Amphenol to, to get the benefit of being part of Amphenol and thereby have access. And so Dave has worked tirelessly around the world, as he said, in set, trying to establish clinics, uh, getting maybe even early access to, to our frontline workers. People, you know, remember of our 80,000 plus employees, 70,000 of them couldn't work from home. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the benefits that, that the three of us have had of being able to sit in front of a Zoom and still do our jobs effectively. And, and you know, these are the people I've always called the heroes of Amphenol. Right. You know, the ones that every day walked across their, their doorway at home out into a world with a pandemic, came into our world to, to help our customers to get the benefit of the products that we make. And, you know, that we feel a real responsibility regardless of what region we operate in to help those individuals get access to the vaccine as soon as possible. Um, and, and we're working very hard to do that really in every, in every region. And, but like you said, it, it is, it is different. Each country has a different cadence and there's different availabilities of different vaccines. And that's why, again, the general managers back to your other point right. are so critical. Because they're on the ground, they know what's happening in their region, from from Serbia all the way to 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 Malaysia and to China and all the way back to Macedonia and otherwise, and and so we have to rely on those general managers, with the support from Dave, from our frontline team, ultimately to help our people get availability to these vaccines. There's so many things that are unprecedented about this pandemic uh, and lessons that we've learned. One of the things, vaccine or not, that we still need to be aware of and wanted to see if you can just talk about it a little bit is mental health concerns and just making sure people you know, have good mental health or at least know where to get help. So could you talk a little bit about that? Because it's been, you know, like I said, so unprecedented that, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, it's hard to anticipate all of the issues that may come about but we still have to be cognizant and, and aware of the fact that 
you know, people are going to have some issues that need to be dealt with. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, look, number one, I'm fortunate that, you know, Dave, who I talk to, I don't know how many times a day, um, has a, a degree in psychology. <laughs> so I get the good fortune to have my I undergrad, but I have the good fortune to have my own private psychologist with Dave because, look, I'll tell you personally, this has been a real, very difficult time right. from a mental health perspective. I have, on many days over the course of the last you know, 15 months, 18, 16 months of this pandemic, had to sort of take a breath mm-hmm. and say, let's keep putting one foot in front of the other. Let's keep you know a, a, a strong face here. And you know, whether it's watching people in the community suffer, whether it's watching family members who, who struggle, mental health, I think, has been a bigger crisis than actually the, the physical health mm-hmm. during this pandemic. And, and for me, mental health is something that was always kept in the closet. Right. You didn't talk about it. It was shameful. It, it was the thing that you don't bring to the office, you usually don't even talk about it at home. And I really hope as we come out of this crisis, I talked about how I hope we come into a much better world than we were in before. I personally, Dave, feel like the awareness and sensitivity to mental health as an equal importance to physical health can be something that we can, that can make the world a better place in the future. It should not be shameful that you have a chemical imbalance in your brain that causes you to have depression. It should not be shameful that, that you, you feel closed in and, and isolated and, and that creates anxiety and that creates so many things. That is not shameful at all. It's normal. Mm-hmm. And in a pandemic, it is unfortunately pervasive. Right. You look at the statistics, rates of depression, rates of eating disorders, rates of anxiety attacks are through the roof. And that includes, I'm sure, amongst our employees and the communities and families which we support. And, and I think we need to face this head on and talk about it and, and empathize with it and support our employees. And, you know, Dave, I know you, you have so much awareness and, and sensitivity in this area. As a company, don't you think this becomes a much bigger deal for us in the long term? Yeah, absolutely agree. And the silver lining is that with all of the changes to help telemedicine over the last year, um, telemedicine is very good with mental health. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a natural fit, uh, mental health for telemedicine. You can talk to a therapist very easily on your iPhone and this has really taken off tremendously, but, but as you both have said, this is just a massive issue during the pandemic for good reason. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, if you're going to have some issues, this is certainly uh, worthy cause for those issues. Um, but something that we all have to be aware of at, at Amphenol that, you know, people's physical, physical issues are often easier to detect than the mental issues. And coming out of this period of time, there's probably a lot of people have had, had a lot of troubles. And, you know, there's, there's lots of things that we can do, whether it's directing them to resources via our health plan in areas where we're involved in that, or supporting local causes like at headquarters here we 
we made some donations to Hartford Healthcare's mental health hotlines. Um, things of that nature can be really good ways to get our people kind of involved in that aspect of, of uh, the community. Look, I, I hope, Chris, that one day having depression, anxiety, all of these disorders should not be different than breaking your ankle mm. in terms of the societal support that exists for that. You know, I, I remember I broke my wrist when I was in college and everybody comes up and signs your cast and it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. you get that cast and it's almost like a thing of pride and you become like the, the center of attention and everybody fawns on you and, and, and helps you carry your tray in the sure. dining hall. I remember it, I don't know how many bonds you broke, but I never forget I had that cast on my wrist and everybody wanted to sign it and they wanted to help me carry my book bag or my tray. That is no different than being struck by a mental health condition. It should not be different. And, and, and I really do hope that, that this, this unfortunate prevalence of mental health issues that have come during the pandemic open people's eyes to the fact that this is normal, this is treatable, and it needs the same level of support, understanding, and empathy as does any physical injury. And when we as a company, I think, are, and much to Dave's leadership, much to the credit of Dave's leadership on this, I think are addressing that really head on in, in many ways, and we will continue to. It, it, it is a very, very important piece of this. Finally, to, to, to wrap this up, and it's something you already touched on, Adam, our goal, obviously, is, is to try to get to 100% vaccination for our over 80,000-plus employees around the world. But again, just to reiterate, it's really more than just those 80,000 employees, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot more. Um, because each of our employees, as I've already mentioned, I mean, they're supporting not just family, but they're supporting community. They're influencers in their community. They work for an amazing company called Amphenol. Everybody wants to be around them. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, you work for Amphenol, you are the star of your town. That's right. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, and those people become an influence on their neighbors, their family members, their, their associates, their, their fellow churchgoers, the people they play softball with, the people they play soccer with, the people they meet for Sunday high tea, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and, and if they can say, hey, my company helped me to get vaccinated, and you should too, then we're not talking, Dave, about 85,000 people. We're talking about millions of people. Mm -hmm. Is it a million? Is it two million? Is it three million? The multiplier effect is, is extraordinary. And I think we have an opportunity here to, to, to make an impact on our communities that is one of the greatest impacts we've ever made. And that's why we're doing this at the end of the day, to protect our people, to ensure that we can continue, continue to operate our company on behalf of our customers, and ultimately to make the communities that we live in safer, more prosperous, happier. At the end of the day, that's a pretty good mission. Great. Absolutely. 
Well, Adam, Dave, thank you very much for agreeing to do this again today. Um, I hope that it's been very helpful for people to listen to. Hopefully it inspires them, uh, makes them feel proud to be Amphenolians, quite frankly. So thank you very much. Well, Chris, look, I, I thank you as always. And, and Dave, you know, I haven't on a podcast gotten the chance to thank you. You know, we gave Dave this wonderful award uh, at, at our worldwide management meeting. We called it the Amphenolian Hero Award. And there's no doubt about it, Dave, during this pandemic, you have been our real hero. And you continue to be as we go into this next stage of working to get our people vaccinated. And on behalf of everybody, thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.